The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, come and join us on the text line, the Temperate Betjet text line. It is AFL Review Night with Kim Hagdorn and Peter Vlahos here on Drive 0487 736 736. Got a couple of texts. Let's clear a couple of calls first. Paul joins us at Gozzi's. Hello, Paul. Hey, good day, boys. Hey, um, the best stocker of all time is undisputably Matthew Pavlich. Um, to be an All-Australian as a forward midfielder and defender mm. is pretty unprecedented. Then I think Nat Fife with his two Brownlows probably comes in at number two. And then I think there's a, a bracket which David Mundy fits in. And you've probably got guys like Peter Bell and Luke McFarlane, Aaron Sandland's kind of in, in, in that bunch. I don't know where people like Shane Parker, who was a long servant of the club, would, would fit in. But I don't think he was as talented as those other guys. Very serviceable, though, wasn't he? And he, it's funny that you say that, Paul, because I, over the years... I've often been reminded about Shane Parker's consistency and, and so seldom beaten because when you do tend to come for these, you know, the best ofs uh, at, a, at a milestone or in this occasion a retirement, the best ofs, I mean, probably Pavlich, Fife, Sandylands, Bell McFarlane, as you've said, Michael Johnson, uh, Jeff Farmer, you, know, you keep naming them. Mm. I've often been reminded, hey, Shane Parker played 240-odd games and hardly ever beaten, but never never got much accolade. So yeah. you, it's a very good call yep. to throw Shane Parker into that. I, I'd go Sandilands third, just ahead of Mundy, and then Bell, I reckon. Yeah, I, I would have had probably Luke McFarlane in, the, yeah, in that. Yeah, cool. fair cool. Now, um, Luke, Luke Jackson I want to talk about as well. Um, Fremantle's big problem is a key forward. Luke Jackson is a ruckman who can play forward. We have another ruckman who is, well, at, at, his, at the peak of his game, probably in the best handful of uh, ruckmen in the competition. Luke Jackson's played 47 games, kicked 49 goals. Um, that's not going to solve Fremantle's forward problem. Um, and yeah, he'd be a great, a great problem to have, but we can't sell the farm to get something that we don't actually 100% need. And it would be, like I said, it'd be nice to have him, but we as a priority at Fremantle need someone who is going to kick goals for us. Um, and if, if they're not there, you, you can't go into the, into the market to trade for them. But is, is, are we better off keeping draft picks and getting guys through the draft? Like if Rory Lobb leaves and we get a first or second round pick for him, and then plus our normal picks, if we took two or three tools, and I'm not sure what's in the next upcoming draft, mm. and then just had someone serviceable to fill in while guys like Amos and, and, um, and the guys who may be coming through in the future drafts are. I mean, the, the people that we're talking about as being the best players of all time are guys who, apart from Bill, are guys who were drafted and stayed with the club for a long period of time. We're not talking about people that were traded in as being really good players. And in fact, we've got a massive list of, of players who were drafted who have been abject failures, like your Hogan's and your, yeah. and your McCarthy's of the world. So I'm very, very wary about Fremantle giving up too much to get any player in, let alone Luke Jackson or anyone else. Yeah, no, you've analysed it very well, Paul. Uh, thanks for the call. Hags will get his uh, spin on it now. Oh, look, I think what, because... What Paul does say is oh, not exactly no, uh, nonsense. I, I think he's right on the mark. Absolutely, because Jackson and Sean Darcy... One way or another, again, I have to share the ruck load. 
Now, Sean Darcy is a specialist ruckman. I think Luke Jackson is bordering on that and a borderline forward. I'm totally with Paul. I think if he's on the market, though, or in the market and on the table, you've got to get him. Mm. And they've got to get him at whatever cost it is. Now, Rory Lobb wants to go, and just repeating, we've been reliably informed that Rory Lobb has again told Fremantle. Remember, he told him that this last year. But that wasn't this early. It wasn't still with three games to go and probably a final or two or three. He told them during trade last year, we heard he wanted to leave, but that was very late because he missed the last four games of last season, Rory Lobb. So Lobb goes, they've got to make room in terms of getting the, the picks They'll make room with the salary uh, shift because there's a lot of players that will get delisted at Fremantle that are on not bad money as a as a package, and we can go through those in a moment. And one of the one of the casualties of all this will be Lloyd Meek. Now Lloyd Meek at 24 with just 14 games has to ask to be traded. What's he? He's only seen as a ruckman, so there's going to be a problem in terms of how they balance Luke Jackson and Sean Darcy. I've already thrown out there. I, I, my suspicion is that Sean Darcy has fallen away in his form on an emotional viewpoint. He, Since this Jackson stuff has become so rampant and the longer it's gone, I, I think the more vulnerable Sean Darcy has been. His emotions and his body language isn't nearly what it was when Fremantle won uh, seven of their first eight games. And he was being talked about and touted as mm. All-Australian Ruckman with Max Scorn. So I, I think that's affecting him. I mean, Darcy now, he had the 19 disposals and 37 hitouts against Melbourne. As I said, I thought that was okay for him against Max Scorn. But he's only had 11 marks in his last eight games. He's only had two goals in his last eight games. So clearly, and I know he's not a huge goal kicker, but if they're going to balance this out, Jackson and Darcy, then he's got to be offering more around the ground and forward potential to be able to balance that out. You know who I would make sure I didn't lose? to be able to get the best out of Jackson and Darcy is is um, Griffin Logue. Yeah. Now, he's he's being heavily courted by a number of clubs out of Melbourne, Melbourne town, not just Melbourne, the footy team. And I th- and West Coast should have a look at Griffin Logue because he's got such versatility. Even Friday night, I kept thinking to myself, get Tabiner off, put him in the showers, send him home and say you're playing with Peel next week and get Banfield on and play Logue as a forward. What's wrong with going with Logue? And in, F, in final answer to Paul's query, I'd play Logue as a regular forward and train him up over the summer so that you can get more out of Jackson and Darcy when they do pinch it forward. And you can start to think about Matthew Tabin. If you can't produce, if you're going to be as poor as you were on the big stage when we need you, I mean, they need him this week at Marvel Stadium. Yeah. They'll need him in the Derby. Do you put him back to Peel to try and freshen up his confidence? I think that would be a pathetic move. I think that would be weak on a player like him at 29 years of age. Make him, make him fight back. Yeah, but but Griffin Logue is someone who's so versatile. I'd be making sure I keep him, Fremantle. Yeah, I, I'm almost – I reckon his, uh, his currency is Tabiner? just – Yeah, I just think how many times do you give a guy an opportunity? Steps up, kicks half a dozen goals in one game and then goes amiss for a month, and he's just well, gone amiss. To my point of view, I'm not sure where there's longevity in Tabernard, but let's continue the okay. calls. Uh, by the way, on the text line, I think Mundy chose uh, this game to retire – to get the very best out of his team in a game that shapes their finals campaign. The other games they should win. Uh, we haven't got a name on that. We'll try and get it to you. It's a good but, call, though. Th- th- this is a qualifying final. Lose no this free and they don't finish top four. Win it, and it's still a chance. Uh, hello, Lise. How are you going? Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Hi, Lisa. Yeah, good, thanks. 
Haggis, you've done it again. What's that? You are unbelievable. You have stolen my thunder. Oh, okay. Well and truly about Lloyd Meek and about Sean Darcy and his oh, performance okay. over the last few weeks yeah. because of Luke, I reckon it's Luke Jackson. I've heard rumblings that there is um, not a happy camp at Freeman Mandel at the moment because some of the players aren't, aren't getting um, talks about contracts or anything like that. But it's all focused around um, Jackson. Yeah, with, with Lloyd Meek, um, you know, this guy's 200, 203 centimetres tall. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a good build. And he's, he's, to me, he's, he's a pretty good ruckman and he does, you know, kick goals and, and does stuff around the grounds. And I think um, Eagles should have a look at him too. Well, that's what a you... very good call because West Coast, West Coast are going to be in need, I reckon. I, I, they need a third ruckman in their group. I think uh, Bailey Williams can be developed. Nick Nat Newey. That, that's another discussion issue as well. I mean, you know, we, we're here over the week. We, we're, we're announcing that Josh Kennedy's going to retire after this game against Adelaide this week. The argument then comes out of West Coast is where is Jack Redden at? Luke Shuey, probably does he go on? You know, yes, no. Jamie Cripps, Nick Natanui. If Nick Natanui's going on next year, and I hope he does. I think he will. Lose 18 kilos over the summer, big fella, and get yourself trimmer and able to carry your big workload. Think about only playing 15, 16, 17 games. So they're going to need West Coast, uh, Lisa. I reckon it's a really good call. They need someone that can automatically be that backup ruckman to Nick Natanui. Bailey Williams, fine, he's developing, and go with perhaps the preferred two, working off the bench. Because Nick doesn't seem to want to go forward. Bailey Williams took a catch uh, at the weekend and looks as though he might be able to develop as a forward once Kennedy goes in tandem with the likes of Darling and Waterman and Oscar Allen when he comes back. So, But Lloyd Meek, as your third ruckman, playing with your waffle team, helping them win games and playing you know, a dozen to 15 games in rotation with the other two boys is a really good call. Oh, yeah. Good on you, Lise. Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, we're going to take another break, come back uh, with more. Monday, so much just to quickly discuss. on someone's if Monday chose this game to retire. My point is I'm not convinced he chose when to retire. I think David Monday got told – you can't be guaranteed a game next year. So he's decided to retire. They've gone with it to prevent it leaking out. Next week would have been more more ideal. But I do – there's no name on that text, Peter. Mm, but no. it, it should be some kind of a motivation to this week because they just have to beat the Bulldogs if they're going to finish top four Fremantle. And the Bulldogs look okay to me. Okay, they got beaten by Geelong. Bit, one thing I'm watching, I, liked, I liked a couple of things about the Bulldogs. Their down first at half. Sleepy Hollow. Isn't it funny how some of these teams, you know, even Richmond, a, an amazing second half yesterday, and it's Richmond of that 217, I, 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 I think it's more said about the Brisbane Lions. You don't give up a 42 point lead if you're a quality side early in the third term, regardless of whether it's Richmond or anybody. Oh. But, but you do if you're Brisbane at the MCG. That's, they've lost so, 19 of their last 21 there, Peter. So I'm it, saying it's, it's, more about, it's a more about Brisbane than what happened yesterday than Richmond. Well, no, Richmond knew if we don't pull our fingers out and get on with this, we can beat Brisbane. Look at Gardner at the end. If that is not stage fright, I've got no idea yeah, what is. Yeah. Well, so too, so too Hipwood. What about Joe oh, Danaher? Please. What about Joe Danaher and Mitch Robinson? <laughs> they all took the gas because... It's the MCG atmosphere. They struggle with it. 19 of their last 21 games they've lost there. They've lost 11 straight. And I think they're in trouble. But their percentage and their run home in the next couple of weeks, I think Brisbane can beat Carlton, St Kilda, maybe not Melbourne, but that'll be enough, I think, 
to get them 60 points. And with their percentage best of other than Geelong, uh, I think they can finish fourth by percentage over Collingwood. Okay, and this is what Chris Fagan, the coach of the Lions, said about the MCG hoodoo as we go to the break. The MCG monkey. See, I don't believe in the MCG monkey. It's, it's a something that everybody else is, is talking about. My personal view is that we just haven't won here because we haven't been good enough whenever we've played here, which is, hasn't been very often, I might add, but I think that was our third time in three years. So um, uh, we played much, much better tonight. It was our best performance here, but the, gr- the ground is no excuse. Our, our football team has won at just about every venue in the country over the last three or four years. So. Um, the MCG is just another one of those venues and, you know, I think Marnica over, we played out the other day, albeit, um, you know, Richmond are a formidable, formidable opponent at the MCG. I think Marnica over is about the similar dimensions to the MCG, isn't it? Or it doesn't have the big stands around it, but it's the same. So, no, I don't subscribe to that theory. we just got to play better when we come here against the team that we play against.